Like, okay, we're doing a technical workshop. We're recording this now, uh, figuring out how the heck you hear people in Spanish. Hola. Hola. Como esta? <laughs> I think that does it for me. That's my Spanish. <laughs> and that's the end of the show. <laughs> Thank you and good night. <laughs> oh, you know. So, uh, I guess we'll just start. I guess we'll do introductions. So, I'm Jacob. I'm George. And so, this is uh, Faith, Family, and Friends, or whatever we calling it. I thought F3 would be pretty cool, but there's like 18 podcasts called F3. <laughs> I'm going to call the three F's. <laughs> the fudge. <laughs> what a great safe faith family and friends. Faith family and friends and farts. What are, what are friends? That would be four F's. <laughs> the four F's. What were the other, like, I don't want to steal anybody's stuff, but what were some of, like, what kind of podcasts were they? I don't know. Some of them did have faith, but I don't know what they're about. It's like, what was, so it's, I just want to make sure, because I was like, I want to make sure it's the right thing that we do. And eventually, Andrew will join us, but I don't know when, so. Andrew. Uh, not Willow Creek Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, uh, my my friend Andrew. But I think he's just going to show up for random things, and that's about it. Random random thoughts with Andrew. Yeah, random thoughts with Andrew. What's the, ra- what's the random thought of the day? And what are you saying? Where's, where's he at? He's in Texas. That's so crazy that you could do this now. It's just anywhere. Like the one pad- podcast that I listen to, they're the – one guy's in Florida, the other guy's in two, and the other two guys are in Illinois, but they're in separate spots. But so, how long have you wanted to be a podcaster? Uh, probably for like three years now. Yeah. So it's been that long. Um, let me see if I can figure. Oh, I was right. Faith, family, friends. That's what it was about. So it's about everything. I was right. So I wrote it down. I knew I was right. But I just didn't know if we wanted to call it something something different. I don't know. I don't know if you have any ideas. No, I, I think, you know, faith, family, friends, and... Jews. <laughs> we'll delete that one off there. And I love me some Jews. Orange juice. <laughs> Jew never know. <laughs> oh, that's different. That's that's Mexican judo. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Jew don't know if I got a gun. Jew don't know if I got a knife. <laughs> Jew don't know anything. <laughs> so now that we've offended everyone equally. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Please tune in again next time. I have something equally as offensive to say. <laughs> have you seen Fantastic Mr. Fox? He's like, I have. <laughs> the cuss, I'm going to listen to this. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, George? Um, well, you know, to ask you how long you've wanted to do a podcast. Like, I've grown up listening to radio and listening to talk shows. 
and thought, man, that would be the coolest thing ever to do. And I don't know, to you bring this up a couple, you know, months ago, we've been talking about doing this. Um, it's like just one of those, you know, um, kind of dreams realized, you know, talking about faith and praying about certain things. And like, I moved from Illinois to yeah. Utah. <laughs> yeah. And met you. <laughs> yeah. And um, it, me, like, it was just a, a one of those fast friendships with us. You yeah. Know, just, we just had a, an immediate connection that I can only attribute to faith. Yeah. Um, and attribute to, to divine inter- intervention. Um, I mean, I, I didn't always grow up a Christian, totally following Christ always had a faith, I would say. You know, yeah. I always believed in God, but I didn't really have um, a real relationship. Yeah, that makes you sense. Know, and I'm, here I am, you know, 47 years old and married, four kids, two in college and two here with us in Utah. Yeah. Um, so I think it's... I think it's really cool to see how God brings things together, brings friendships together that, you know, I would have, I would have never thought that I'd come here and meet someone like you and be able to do something like this together. And, and, you know, um, for sure. That's kind of where, where I'm at with that. Like, um, it was one of those things that I've always heard radio and even, I was going to Bible college. Uh, we were like, me and Andrew were like, oh man, we want to be on, uh, what is it, Air One? So we're like, yeah. oh, oh yeah, I could do an amazing job on Air One. Let's do that. And then uh, we went and applied, and they're like, well, you could be like the wires guy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't want to be the wires guy. I want to be on the radio, not on the wires. And that's kind of what's cool about podcasting now is that. Uh, you have the ability to just do it, and people listen. They listen. If they don't, oh well, kind of thing. Yeah, that's, um, and you don't have anyone to really tell you what you can or can't do, like they, like you would on radio. You yeah. Know, just, oh no, you can't talk about your faith. Yeah. But if you do, it can only be thirty seconds, and you can only say this. <laughs> yeah, you're only allowed to say what I like. Right. So on a podcast, you say whatever, and or. Then it becomes explicit. I just want to do. There is that. <laughs> there is. You just want to do one explicit show. <laughs> that's, that's where I say fart too many times. <laughs> that's for you, Grace. He was uh, right. <laughs> um, so what did Jacob say? Well, he said the F word. It's not what you're thinking. <laughs> he said fart. <laughs> I think that was the one too many times. Right there. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Now, now I'm gonna have to bleep out everything else. Unless I'm going to put an E for explicit on this one. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, well, so. so I, like, I, you know, talking about backgrounds growing up, I we were not allowed to say fart in our house. Oh. Like, that was, my mom was so against that. And me being a little rebellious, now I'll, like, I'll say it to her if I'm on the phone with her because she's in Montana. You know, she can't <laughs> slap me now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but she just, like, the disappointment that I hear in her voice. Yeah, that's how <laughs> Jules' family is. And so um, her whole family is like, 
we don't talk about anything like that. And, like, my whole family is like, ha, ha, farts. <laughs> and so, like, I've grown up that way. And so her family had to, like, adapt to me because I'm a big personality <laughs> in their <laughs> house. So it's like, I guess we'll just have to deal with you. So <laughs> <laughs> That's, I don't know. I, I think it's weird, like, just things that you grow up with, different cultures and, you know, um, as even being Christians, like some things that I would say to you or around you that I'm, I might not ever say to another person that I go to church with just because, yeah. you know, I don't want to feel judged. Yeah. You know, because that's kind of how I grew up, you know, with, you know, like Jill, your yeah. wife, like feeling like you got to watch everything that you say. And I'm just not about that. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> I mean, I try to, but my filter is is minimal. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I don't want I, I don't want to pr- go around purposely offending anyone. But like one of my friends said to me, he's like, "You, you, I like you because you'll say what other people are thinking." Yeah, and that that's definitely what uh, <laughs> what we've done. Sorry, we're doing a mic change, so if you heard that, my bad. It was talking to George without you guys hearing me because I was muted. Um, oh, now, we're, now we're in a technical workshop again. <laughs> yes, we're back in the tech, tech shop. Um, I think it'll be easier when we have another mic for you to set a headset. I mean, headsets are good if you like them, but, I mean, you got that whole setup behind you. Oh, yeah. That would definitely probably work better. But And we can hook you up into this line, and I can hear you a lot better. Um yeah, I but don't think this this isn't the best mic on these. No, that that's sets. a good mic behind yeah. you. I figured, why not trial run? Um, so you have four kids, and I have three. Um, what else? I don't know. Well, how, I mean, um, just like so you know, we're we winging this one. This is our first podcast ever. Completely <laughs> winging it. So if this but goes I, I mean down in the archives, this is the first one, and yeah, that's why it's probably awful. <laughs> it's not the, awful. The pilot episode. Um, I, I think it's good to, to be conversational. You know, yeah. just feel like people can listen in on your conversation. But like both of us are here in Utah. Like, yeah, and both of us work with youth. Yeah, and I know you were a youth pastor before. I've worked in youth ministries for years since I was in my 20s, early 20s, um, just have a heart for young people and, and, and not only wanting to lead them to the Lord, which I definitely want to do that, but um, teaching them life skills, which we both do that now, um, something that's always kind of been a passion of mine. Um, I don't know, talking to my, you know when you get those things when you hear from other parents or whatever about your kids, like, like I don't know why they don't clean up at my house or whatever, but yeah. they're cleaning up at your house, and you're like, okay, I must have done something right. Yeah. You know, my <laughs> oldest was. You're like, at my house, they don't do it. But right. <laughs> but hey, they did at your house. They so did it at your house, good. so I'm doing something okay. Um, but with my oldest, he was freshman year of college, there teaching these other college kids that are his same age how to do laundry because yeah. they 
they never they never were taught that. And and to me, it was like, I've I've known how to do laundry since I was ten years old. Yeah, you know, it's weird. The new generation is weird. It is, and it's weird that, I I and it's, it's like the in between age, of us, kind of. It is like the parents that are there now are like in between. Where I'm at and where you're at, kind of. Right. Because well, I mean, well, I'm like I'm a Gen Xer, yeah. and you're you're millennial. a millennial, but you're one of the weird millennials that actually is always busting your butt to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's why I hear that, and people are like, "Oh, millennials do this." I'm all, I, d- I don't know. My dad always was like, "You have to be there ten to twenty minutes early to work every time." All this stuff, and like people get mad because I'm like, "Like, why are you always early?" Because that's what you're supposed to do, right? No, that's not that's not what we do. Our age group, we show up right on time or late. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> well, it, it, that's a just a respect factor too with other with other people's time, and I I was always taught that. But on the other hand, coming from a big family, chronically late. Yeah, There's always something going on. You know, oh. Why'd you end up late? Well, my little brother tripped me down the stairs, and you know, <laughs> now I'm late. But yeah. Um, but it, interviews, stuff like that, always been on time or, or yeah. you know, or early. And um, it, it that was, uh, I think it just depends on how you grew up. Because, like, even, like, seeing other millennials from, like, my school and all that, think that, like, oh, I should just get everything, and I'm all, no, you have to earn it or to work for it. Um, what I do get people mad at me for is that I get a lot of free stuff. <laughs> so they get super mad, like I got a drum before, I've gotten just random crap, and they're like, how do you do that? Well, I'm blessed. Like, I work my butt off, and I give, and all that, and God rewards me, so I just, that's the only way to explain it, because how the heck would you end up with an $800 drum for free? Right. I mean, and, and I've had that. I've, I've been out, you know, with my kids and just having a good time for, you know, having dinner and have an older couple come up and be like, well, we want to pay for your drum. Yeah. Like, Why? Because just seeing how you interact with your kids makes us really happy. And I can't do this for my kids because they're living out of state, so I can't do it for you. Just random. Yeah. You know, and I just feel blessed you know that's that's those what i like to call kisses from god yeah we get you know um so yeah so uh how long have you been saved when did that happen when did that happen i see so i would say when i was 13 i grew up catholic and when you're in eighth grade in the catholic church you do your confirmation and that is where you accept Christ and um, you're confirmed in the church and accept the Holy Spirit that's the do you get a rosary then is that what you get uh, the rosary you usually get for your first communion oh okay you get a rosary and then some other weird Catholic stuff like we're, we're this and if you're wearing this and you die you'll definitely go to heaven like oh th- like th- special like underwear huh <laughs> Just and it, it, it had like a little saint on it, and that, that's something that I didn't like necessarily agree with growing up in the Catholic Church. Like, yeah. 
I really was like, well, if we've got Jesus and he's who we're supposed to pray to, then what's the point of praying to St. Anthony? Because I yeah. lost something. You know, it was, oh, pray to St. Anthony, the, you know, finder of lost things. Uh, very superstitious in some of that stuff. Yeah. And so when I was 13, I was going for my confirmation. My godfather had, um, he had become a Christian. And he came out from Ohio to do, uh, to be my confirmation sponsor. Yeah. And so he said, do you know what you're doing? You know, he was the same kind of like me, you know, always believed in God, but then got, you know, grabbed a hold of him and turned his life around and, and saved him. Um, and, you know, we did that, the, the, the Christian is in that I was saved, but um, that's when he had, he had accepted Jesus and told our family about it. And so I was driving to church with him. And he's like, do you understand what you're doing today? Well, yeah, I'm going to go, and, you know, the bishop or the cardinal is going to be there, and I'm going to say this thing. He's like, but do you understand what it means? Like, you're taking this step, and you're accepting Christ into your heart. Like, do you want to do that? And I'm like, yeah, I would definitely want to do that. So he said the prayer of salvation with me at that time when I was 13. Oh, that's cool. And then he went back to Ohio. And, he, you know, and my, he was very instrumental in my mom and dad getting saved. Um, but they were just working out their faith. So I didn't really have anyone to, like, mentor me or anything. So even though I wanted to follow hard after Christ, I didn't really know what I was doing. And it wasn't until I was just kind of following the coattails of my parents, you know. Oh, we're going to get baptized. Does the whole family get baptized? I'm like, all right, I'll do that. And it wasn't until I was probably 19, 20, right in there, that um, my mom invited me to go to church. She's like, that's all I want. I wasn't living at home anymore. Yeah. Um, it's like, that's all I want for Mother's Day. That's all, all I want for my birthday. It's like, birthday's in September. Mother's Day is in May. So when I went to church in September, Lord started touching, you know, hitting me there with some stuff. And I went for Mother's Day in yeah, and Lord really gripped me then, and um, just really started seeking heart after Him and have and building my own relationship with Christ. Yeah, um, which I, I I've told so many parents that you know working in youth ministry, you know, you, you don't want your kids to have your relationship with Christ. You want them to have their relationship with Christ. They got to go through some stuff. Yeah, yeah you can teach them the way, you know, and then now with my own sons and um, you know not they're not following Christ the, the way I think you should follow Christ yeah they both you know both my boys say they believe they've got some struggles going on and it, you know as a parent that hurts to see your kids going through stuff and at the same time now I'm trying to take that to my own advice and God's got this yeah. And they've got to have their own relationship and work out their salvation with them. You can't work it out for them. And I think that's probably the hardest. It is. I'm not at that stage yet. but. <laughs> and, I, I, and, and the thing with that is, like, I said it so many times, but I didn't have kids that were teenagers yet. Yeah. You know, I or didn't even have kids. Yeah. And would tell parents my own story. Hey, I had to figure it out for myself, and your kid will figure it out, too. 
Yeah. And now some of these kids that their parents are worried about, I see them now friends with them on Facebook, and they are following hard after the Lord. And, you know, their parents are like, hey, yep. thank you for working in their life. And, you know, now they're walking with the Lord and stuff. And um, But, yeah, I had a, I had a thing to my own. That's cool. That's definitely one of the, uh, for me, I like got saved out of birth. Just kidding. No, (laughs) uh, I grew up in a a family with a grandma who was a pastor over a church and a grandma who was an evangelist, basically. Um, I would go to her room at like two in the morning and she'd be up reading her Bible, watching Benny Hen when he used to be a little bit of uh, a grace kind of guy and asking for money a bunch. Um, watched him a lot. Didn't understand him. Thought he was weird. Still think he's weird. But Yeah. But, I mean, if it works, I guess whatever. Um, I guess he's, he's had he's led a bunch of people to Christ, so no, no shame in that. Just, just saying, like, uh, not very used to <laughs> what that looks like. But uh, uh, so I grew up that way, and I just remember it. I don't know how old I was, but uh, my older brother was giving me crap, and we were spending the night. My parents were in Arizona moving my aunt from Arizona to New Mexico, and uh, I just freaked out because he was like, well, you're not even saved. He's like, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, you never asked Jesus in your heart. I'm like, pretty sure I did. I was like, I can't remember now, though. Did I? Right. And so I was probably like, seven or something like that and i was like i go bawling to my grandma grandma my brother said i'm not saying all this stuff and uh it it's like yesterday i can remember it because i heard it a window was open to the bedroom that we're in and you could hear the trains going by and stuff in new mexico and i was like grandma this happened and she's like mojito because that's how she talked (laughs) um we're gonna we're gonna do this right now and i was like okay and so she led me through the prayer and all that, and I guess I never looked back from there. Um, there was one rebellious stage, I guess you'd say, uh, when I was, like, it was seventh to eighth grade. That's where I cussed, and I was like, well, I'm going to be super rebellious and cuss a bunch. And uh, I just remember cussing a bunch that whole time, and it took me the whole summer to get over it because I was like, I need to stop this. This is not who I am. I'm trying to be cool, fit in. That was, like, the only time I tried to fit in. Then after that, I just, it was me. I was like, I don't care what people think. And so that's helped uh, just develop my relationship with God and stuff. And even my senior year, I uh, decided I was going to play the bass for the worship band instead of play football. Um, I got, like, yelled at by the coaches and all that because I was a starting strong safety, did really well, did running back. And they were like, uh, they kept calling me all summer long going, hey, can you come back? And I was like, no, I already told you guys I'm not coming back. So um, just being able to keep that strength. And I think it just, uh, from growing up in faith and stuff like that with my grandma and how bold she was, uh, she'd basically tell people how it was. So uh, I think that's where I get some of that boldness from is because, 
I don't hold back sometimes, but I do it in a pretty positive way of like, hey, you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> like that kind of thing. She literally told um, what she called like her blood sister, uh, told her that uh, she was going to, her, her grandkids were going to kick her out of her house and make her homeless, and it happened. But, like, she was like, if you do not get them under control, this is what's going to happen. And she's like, oh, what'll happen? Sure enough, kicked out on the streets, had to move in with, like, her sister or something. And I was like, there's a lot of people in your life that speak into your life. And there's some people that you're like, maybe I need to listen to because you're actually following God, pursuing after him and all that. You're probably somebody to to hear some advice from instead of just assume, like, I'm going to listen to this guy over here because he's like, oh, your grandkids can't kick you out. And crazy things happen. <laughs> so. Well, and, and, and that's so funny that you say that, too, about, like, I've always, my mom always said, your words are powerful. Why didn't you say? I've said that to my kids. And um, even had my oldest son one time tell me I was praying for him about something. And he was like, I don't want you to pray for me for that. I'm like, why? Because I know God listens to you. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, it it kind of stung a little bit, and at the same time, I was like, well, that's he knows that God has answered my prayers. He's seen that happen, so he's he's witnessed my faith and seen things yeah. happen. So, yay, God, and. I'm gonna pray for the <laughs> this for you anyway. Yeah, you know? you're like that sucks. I'm still gonna do it anyway, sucker. <laughs> All right, sucker. <laughs> but um, speaking of the the bass, you were talking about playing bass. Yeah. So you told me like that you never you never knew you didn't know how to play bass before you nope really picked it up. So that was just all supernatural, which um. I don't know if I would have believed it back then, but like definitely now seeing that it was pretty crazy to like, oh, well, I'm just going to play the bass. So I just pick it up and start playing. And then I obviously I learned some things, but like nobody taught me. I just learned how to play. And that was the only way to explain it was the Holy Spirit because they needed it. And I was like, I'll fill that up. And so took my grandfather's bass and uh, his, uh, amp and that's just basically what we did took over it and played it and played for like eight years something like that so wow. i haven't played much wow. lately but yeah so do you think it, if you picked it up now you still i still know some things yeah. still know some things. <laughs> i still know how to slap at the bass as my cousin <laughs> would always tell me slap at the bass yeah he's tells you slap at the bass and so um yeah pretty much um, so on a different topic, how do you feel about this, uh, coronavirus crap? I, I think you just said it right there. <laughs> but that was the word I was allowed to say in my house. Like we could say crap, but we couldn't say fart. And I, oh. I thought they went hand in hand, but anyway. <laughs> oh, um, you fart crap comes out. Sorry for coughing in the mic. Well, All right, I'm back. And, and, and so, uh, 
you know, people are hoarding toilet paper. Like, really? That's that's not what this virus does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a respiratory thing. And that's what makes me laugh because I'm like, why would you buy toilet paper out of everything you have? Well, I and I think part of that is people are just freaked out. And I was listening to um, a radio show. Did you say NPR on a podcast? <laughs> I don't know. We just did. So <laughs> sorry, NPR. <laughs> Plug in for free. <laughs> but I was listening to that and, and – uh, they had a lady on that wasn't even part of the CDC, and she was like, well, you should look at it as, you know, if you're preparing for a bad storm, stock up on, on water and other supplies. So when you have the media saying stuff like that, and they're not really, you know, people are getting freaked out. Yeah. And, and is, it, is it bad? I'm sure it is, but it's horrible right now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it's bad. Is it as bad as the media wants us to believe? No, it could be controlled. Most yeah. of the people that have gotten sick or died are elderly and already have some health issues. Yeah. And it is something that once you start getting the signs of it, you know, which they're being more fully conscious as of yeah. at this point in time, but they're being treated and, you know, quarantined or whatever. I think that's the scariest thing. That they're quarantining people. They're quarantining people and that it seems to spread very quickly. You know, it was in China and now it's in the States and it's in Australia. It's in Italy. It's been getting picked, you know, which they didn't start picking up yet in Pittsburgh. Is that why everyone's like no flights from Europe for 30 days or something? Yeah. But we got (coughs) – We We got flights. Yeah. Like uh, Illinois, we just bought them this week because they were the prices were cut in half. My sister and her and my mother-in-law are coming out here um, for Easter, and they had booked their flights, and then all this started going on. They went in and like canceled the flight, rebooked it or whatever, and got them for half price. Then we're thinking on their family trip to Vegas, they did the same thing. What do you got going on there? Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Not the coronavirus. No, no. Uh, but even I, I think one thing that um, I was listening to a guy talk about it, uh, Grant Hansen. I don't know if you know who he is. He's a radio talk show host in New Mexico a long time ago and does his own thing. But uh, I was thinking it already that as Christians we should be – leading the way and showing people, like, hey, I don't, I don't have any fear in this. Like, if I got it, I just pray and get past it and not have to worry about it kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would agree with that. We are supposed to lead by example and not walk in fear. Um, you know, I think there's some things that the Lord's laying out that can help me do that. But, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not going to run my – daughter to the doctor because she's got a little cough yeah. you know I it, and I think we need to use wisdom yeah. in this situation so you might not want to go stick your hand in somebody's mouth that has a coronavirus but definitely 
won't be afraid if you have to walk past somebody because you're like, you know. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to stop doing what I do yeah. in my life because, and, and that's, that, that's the, that's the crazy thing is there's so much fear with that. Like, who's the, you know, who leads fear but, but Satan, yeah. you know, we have a very real enemy out there and that seeks to continue to destroy and really that's the I think the fear is what what cuts us down yeah no definitely um so I looked up uh Psalms 91 and says if you say the Lord is your refuge oh Psalms 91 9 sorry uh if you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling no harm will overtake you no disaster will Come near your tent, for he will command the angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Oh no, sorry, snooze. Um, uh, to guard your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not be strike, strike your foot on a stone. You will tread, oh sorry, you will tread on the lions and the cobras. You'll be... You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. And I was just thinking about that verse, just like trusting God and like um, God loves me, loves you guys, and loves us. And so um, if we love him with all our hearts, even if, say, we got the coronavirus and all of us died, this isn't the end. So that's exactly. kind of where I don't have fear is because I'm like, uh, do does death and all that stuff kind of make you a little yucky? Yeah, for sure. But when you're like really thinking about it, you're like, well, I have peace in that. And that's what I think for us um, that probably bothers people is like, weren't you so afraid? You know, because everything's going to turn out okay. Right. as foolish because we're up there God's got this and ultimately he does like it cyclically so and you know losing control um, I just found out today one of our one of our friends one of the two children that's with my dad just passed away from cancer and we've been praying for him for the past few years and um, I was up there and I shared with him and stuff, and um, just made it to him for the worst. But it, it's like, yeah, I'm I'm sad, and I feel, and I feel for his wife. Um, and man, I I feel like she's almost probably a little relieved, knowing that he is truly at peace now. You know, and and reading the post on. Facebook that he had passed, it's like, yeah, that's super sad, <coughs> but he knew where he was going, and he had faith in Christ, and he trusted Christ through all his struggle with cancer, and battling it, and didn't give up his faith, and really had the attitude of, whatever happens is going to happen. 
next step is you step past this obligation that you have to God to use me or use them. Yeah. I have to use and I truly believe in them. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm a little bit sad that I'm more sad than sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm not gonna have to go back to Seal. You know, yeah. That, you know, that's I, I think that's the weird part of being a fellow believer's pastor. Yeah. Is that there is that that piece that you miss that, and you also know that it's true. I think that that helps a lot, and also hurts a lot. So that's always the toughest part of it, especially it really when it's family. You're like, oh man. I crap out of them but uh, i know they're in a better place um and or you don't know what the story would look like even if they did go like either be they'd be in remission and then also go back to it and it'd be worse and harder and that kind of stuff um so like for instance the grandma that uh that passed or that uh, was my mom's mom which was the evangelist that's like my best friend all that stuff she had back surgery, had it all healed up. A bunch of bad things happened where she got like gangrene in her back and the hospital messed up a bunch of stuff. And so she got really sick and then um, she passed away. And one of the craziest things that happened, which uh, people may or may not believe in angels or anything, but I think if you believe in heaven, you have to believe in hell. If you believe in heaven and hell, you have to believe in God and angels and demons and all that stuff. Right. And so. Oh, if you don't, you can't half believe. You, you, right. have to, you can't be lukewarm in this. Um, and I, I'm straight up telling you, believe one way or the other. <laughs> That's right. what I'm really right. telling you. And so um, they uh, that that night, me and my mom were hanging out in the hot tub, and uh, my grandma had just passed away, like, the night before. And we saw these, like, weird flying things fly over our house, like, probably about 10 or 15 of them and even like bumping into each other like all this stuff and I was like what the heck is that and they go because they're going and they flew past our house and they're like there and gone probably less than like two seconds and then all of a sudden they flew back the opposite direction so they went uh, south to north and west to east in like probably all of like 15 seconds so we saw them go uh, south to north, and I was like, what the heck did we just see? And then they flew lower over the top of us and then, like, over the mountain. So, like, flew right at the mountain and whoop, right over it and disappeared. Craziest thing I've ever seen. That, you know, that, that that's crazy, and it brings up a memory that I've had of um, I had a brother that passed when I was three years old. Yeah. And we were, I, like, so I was... three years before <laughs> I was born. But there was something like flew over our house. Like, didn't know 
explanation for it was just like something real quick and eating saw like the shed of yeah. the oven built to it. And I was there, I was there, I want to say maybe spirit saying goodbye basically yeah. like they weren't that kind of people and they had an explanation for it yeah like it was just a weird can't really explain but it happened and it was it wasn't even a scary thing yeah like i don't remember being like freaked out by it other than there was you know whatever went by also saw the shadow of it going by but didn't i don't remember yeah. Like really seeing anything in the sky, but it was just like zoom and gone. Thank you. Yeah. You didn't need to. I didn't need to. <laughs> I didn't need to. How about how about now? I didn't need to. Okay. I think it's picking you up some. Trying to figure out how to set it and mic. Still, I'm gonna put it. So that's what your mom said. Them like passing. Kind of cool, and it, it is, and that I mean, and that was really when my mom also started to admit that yeah, we really started coming to um, a stronger faith. Yeah, um, and that that really brought us and really brought my dad to a stronger faith after my brother had passed. Um, realizing that was not good, which it could have. Sorry. But it did but it, it caused me to really turn to um, I remember feeling dad wasn't even telling on me. Yeah. Like even in my life. Because he was too strong for the rest yeah. of us. And I had and I had that conversation with Dad even telling about it, but like I've yeah. seen my dad cry for you once, maybe twice. Her whole life kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and one was at my uncle's funeral, but he was <coughs> really close with him. Um, and I don't remember seeing him cry yeah. to that level until he passed, and it was great to see him cry. Yeah. But yeah, he was crying like For sure. And I'm sure he wouldn't admit that to me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you better admit that. <laughs> no, I will not. Um, yeah, so. Um, other than that, I don't know. You know anything more? Well, I guess. I guess till next Wednesday. So we'll try to bust these out every Wednesday and maybe get them out on Fridays or something. And then we can call this. I was thinking. This little thing's called this F3, F-cubed. F-cubed. I like that, actually. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> what if we did it called F-cubed? I don't know if I ever found anything under podcasts like that. I'm pretty sure I didn't because it's so 
different. Let, let me see real quick. Yeah. There's some episodes with like fitness and finance. That's it. There's only like two. That might be the one. All right. Yeah. Half cubed. Half cubed you. <laughs> <Half> cubed you. <laughs> All right. Well, this is the end of our podcast. Let's see if we can do an outro. That was an awful outro. There we go. All right, till next time, guys. Thanks. <laughs>